Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, and welcome back to You Are Infinitely Loved. Hello. Hello. Today, we are talking about... Something that makes us laugh, friendship. <laughs> our friendship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thankfully, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say thankfully, I am back in Phuket, no longer kidnapped by the bombs. And so we are back to our standard podcasting setup, which is me and Phuket and these two in Portland. So friendship from afar, people, friendship from afar. Yeah, we spent five straight weeks together, and it was awesome from my perspective. Sam might feel <laughs> Stockholm it was the best. syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, we got to talk a lot about our friendship mm. and, and kind of a meta way, our friendship yes. as we're experiencing it. And we constantly kept coming back to this funny notion that we have the three of us have only been friends for two years two years and in those two years we have spent before this uh trip 10 days 10 days together yeah over that two years yeah and yet kus and i call sam one of our closest friends of all time Mm. so it's just been likewise guys likewise (laughs) There was an awkward silence there. Thank you for filling that. (laughs) It just struck us as so interesting how we go about doing friendships and Mm. how differently we do friendships now that we practice more self-love. Yeah, I think friendships are, for me, I mean, they are a really important way of loving yourself because I think one of the kindest and most loving things you can choose to do for yourself is to surround yourself with people that mirror back to you, you know, the version of yourself that you want to be in the world. So people that really love you, that see your strengths, that see your gifts, that share values with you and that are those kind of really amazing, amazing friends. And I'm so lucky to have you guys as those friends and to have other Lindsay and I kind of call them heart friends or soul friends, but friends that have that, where you have that really true and deep connection. And I think there's nothing more loving than that, than, you know, surrounding yourself with epic humans. But it also brings up the point of what happens when, when you do start having these incredible friendships and becoming very close to people in, in a short span of time, um, Mm -hmm. And you start looking at all of your friendships and you start reflecting on different friends that you have now that you've had throughout your life and, and looking at which am I still happy in all of my friendships? Are all of them still loving? Are they all still reflections of who I am today? Or are there some friendships there that maybe have run their course and were meant to be for a season and they're kind of dragging on or, you know, like, I think it just brought up a lot of reflection around friendships and I think it's a a bit of a juicy topic and one that's hard to talk about. Yeah, I do think we could easily camp out in friendships that are beautiful and awesome and supporting who we want to be and who we're growing into. Mm. 
And yet, for most people, I don't know that that's the reality when you start to grow and change, that your people around you grow and change at the same rate and in the same way. And so there can actually be a lot of heartache and a lot of pain as you grow and change and in unexpected ways, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Because when, before we got on and started recording this episode, we were talking about the fact that, you know, when you look at your friends from childhood, a lot of those friendships are based on, they're purely based on geography, really, like on where you live and on the fact that you went to the same school. And that doesn't mean that these people can't be some of the closest friends and friendships that will continue with you forever. They may well be, but they're not really grounded in, in your values and in who you are. And because when you're a kid, you, you know, you're just having fun. You're just playing. You don't even necessarily know all of those things about you. And then I think as you grow, as you change, and as you become kind of more self-aware and more conscious and start making more intentional decisions for your life and getting really clear on, what your values are, then sometimes, to your point, Lindsay, you realize that the people that you have surrounded yourself with maybe aren't on that same trajectory, on that same path of growth and change, and maybe don't share the values that you're now wanting to embody. And so it's kind of like, well, what do you do when you start realizing that you might be growing apart from your friends? Yeah, I think it's really true now that I was just thinking about the friendships that I had when I was little from Indonesia. And, um, you know, I I thought I had really good friends, but I wonder if our friendship was based on who I was or who they were when we were friends. So it was as if you could take a a picture of Kuz as a 10-year-old and Kuz's friends as a 10-year-old, and today looking back at it, I would say, oh my gosh, it was really awesome. And going back home to visit, it would probably be very different because their 10-year-old self is not going to be their 35-year-old self anymore. (laughs) And the fact that we haven't kept up means that who I think they are Mm. will still be like their 10-year-old self. Yeah. Right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's even the same with even with your friends from college. You know, you shared four years together and, you know, like you went through the highs and the lows and you, sh- mm. you were in the dorm with them. Um, you shared a lot of experiences with them. But unless you kept up with them and you learn more about what's changed, what they've been up to, you're just going to think of them as their college self. Mm. And then sometimes I wonder if it's the same with family where you know, in, in my case, me, you know, I have lived away from my family for so long mm. and unless they've kept up with me, they've learned more about who I am today. The per the coos that they know would be the coos from, I don't know, from the 18 year old coos or 24 year old coos. Yeah. And I think that's something really interesting that does happen in families, particularly when we move away and coos, I can obviously relate. And I know a lot of our listeners, even if they're not living abroad, so many at least as far as I can tell, a lot of the people that I meet in the States move state. So they don't actually, you know, they don't live close to their family either. Um, And so that idea of when you go back home to your family, there are a lot of assumptions there about who you are and it's based Mm -hmm. on who you were and it's based on these roles that were established when you were younger. You know, it's like when I go home, I might revert to that, 
teenage version of myself. Sorry, mum, because that's an awful version of myself. Oh, my God. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there are these assumptions going on. But where I think it's really interesting, the difference for me is, you know, we've all heard that expression that friends are the family that you choose, right? And so in a situation where you feel like you've grown and changed and you're completely different from your friends and your family, with your family, it's not like they're your family. You know, you can't you can't choose to have a different family. You know, there's some you will always be bonded to them. They're always going to be part of your life. And yet, with a friend, it is tricky because you have a choice. Like if you realize that you're different from these people and that the person they think you are, the assumption they have about you, no longer holds true, you have a choice as to whether you want to continue with that friendship or Mm. whether you want to walk away or whether you just want to shift it in some way, because that's the thing about friendships. They are a choice and, and we get to, to choose who we spend time with and to choose Mm -hmm. to say goodbye to friends that felt really good at a particular time in our life, but don't fit the person that we've become today. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot when I look for patterns in the people that I see at work. Um, why are people coming in for therapy? And Mm. a lot of times it is related to their family of origin, you know, um, Mm. the things they experience in childhood that are playing out over and over again in adulthood. Mm. And a lot of people, I would say there's a huge amount of uh, my clients past and present who one of the biggest heart issues they have, uh, the thing causing them the most pain is around their friendships as adults Mm. yeah it's a huge source of pain for a lot of people just in that um either they feel like they don't have friends but Mm -hmm. they moved to a new city the friends they've had in the past uh were amazing and now uh they live away from them they don't have that same depth or um like friend pool here Mm -hmm. Or that they have a really toxic friend that they've had a friendship with for a long time and they feel like they can't get away from them. Yeah. And they have guilt for wanting to leave someone who's gone through significant life things with. Yeah. And so it's interesting. And I think a lot of times people feel shame about talking about that in therapy. Like I'm wasting my therapy time talking about this friendship problem. Yeah. Um, And yet it's such a huge part of who we are, the mirrors that are being held up for us of of who we are. Yeah. yeah. I think this is like so powerful and so important. And I see it as well all the time in my coaching is where someone comes to this kind of recognition of the fact that maybe what they're really wanting and needing is new friends. And they kind of feel really weird about saying that as an adult, they're like, Uh, I guess I need like I actually need to meet new people because to your point Lindsay there's like there's so much guilt around yeah yeah, moving on from friends that you've had from these people that you have a shared history with and I think it's really interesting is that a lot of us again it's this permission piece don't give ourselves permission to choose again and to go out there and make new friends because there is so much talk about something that we romanticize. Like if we romanticize relationships, we romanticize friendship. And it's mm-hmm. like, meant, like the thought of saying, 
and of course you wouldn't say this to someone's face, but of being able to say, hey, this, this friendship doesn't really fit me anymore feels like the most dreadful kind of betrayal and how dare you say that? Like are you, you're just like dumping After everything this we've been through. Yeah. It, it's like people don't want to, to allow themselves to even think about moving on from a friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much guilt when we move away from particular friends that most people won't do it. Most people will hold on to friendships that no longer serve them and then feel a tremendous amount of resentment around the amount of time Mm -hmm. that they're spending with these people, the energy that they might be draining from their life. And it's not that people are draining your energy because they're terrible human beings. It's the energy drain, I believe, is what happens when two people are not in alignment, when two people don't match up in terms of values, Mm -hmm. in terms of what they want for their life, that there's a disconnect there and it is tiring to try and make it fit. It's like that whole, you know, putting a, what is it? Square peg in a round hole. I don't even know the expression, but (laughs) that idea of like you're trying so hard to make something fit that that's exhausting for both people. And it's no judgment on either one of those people. It's just, we had this amazing friendship that served a purpose for a season and now I'm shifting somewhere else, you know? And we, it's funny, we, we can deal with breakups and heartaches and things like that, but we don't talk about friendship breakups. And I think they're a natural mm-hmm. part of life and something that if we had more help around how to navigate these, it, yeah, I just think for me it would, it would be helpful to talk about it more. Yep. And I think that's interesting to bring up how we can break up with a romantic partner. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't, most people, I mean, not all people, most people have one romantic partner at a time. And so when we break up with someone, we are now creating space saying, you can't take up space anymore in my life in this capacity. Mm-hmm. And now there's space for another person to fill that. With mm-hmm. friendships, it's different. You can have many friends all the time. Yeah. And so to even say I'm breaking up with you um, as a friend, yeesh, that's that can be really tough. I think. Yeah. But can can with friendships, I feel like you can also have different levels of friendship too, right? right? Absolutely. Like, it, like it's not like you know I I'm going to stop being friends with you, but it may be like you know, downgrade. Yeah. Yeah, and I, there's I think even different ways to think about. Um, if you identify a friendship that maybe isn't serving you and you're not able to serve them, what does it look like uh, to responsibly and kindly and lovingly take steps back from that? Yeah. And I think this is the piece that would be yeah helpful for us to talk about more is how do you set those loving boundaries or what is the conversation that you need to have, but also, and I want to come back to that point, but I just want to touch on something that came up for me as, as you were speaking about different levels of friendship and and different types of friends Mm -hmm. and being able to have many is this, this really fundamental point that I think we skip over too, which is that everybody has very different definitions of what friendship is and very different Mm -hmm. expectations. And I think I know that I have caused myself not got into trouble, but like it's been, it's been an issue in my life because I am one of these people that like I I am very fortunate to have a lot of friends, right? I have like 
so many friends in different countries in the world, hundreds of friends, and I call them all my friends, and that's not me being insincere. I think of all of these people as my friends. And I know when I was in France, it's very different culturally, and when I would talk about all of these friends and I would be quizzed on, you know, like, well, how often do you see them? How often do you keep in touch? How? And it was like, they're like, that's not a friend, that's an acquaintance. And there's all of these different, and I can call someone a friend, a very, very, very good friend who, for example, people, friends of mine that live in Sydney. And I may not have spoken to them in two years. I haven't been home in two years. Like not a single word, not a text, not a nothing. And for me, I still they still are my friends. But some people would be like, well, you're not being a friend. Like if you haven't contacted them in two years, that's not friendship. And again, I think it's about realizing we all have different definitions of friendship. We all have different ideas about what it is. And and sometimes it can be really helpful, particularly with friends to, you know, if you feel like those expectations aren't aligned, again, that can be what's causing the issue. And so I've had to like learn how to communicate because I upset a lot of people unknowingly when I moved home from Paris, for example, because I didn't keep in touch in the way that they wanted me to and they felt like I had abandoned them and that I wasn't their friend. And I was like, oh, I am, but I'm, I'm here now in Sydney and so I'm spending my time with the people in front of me, but that doesn't mean I love you any less. And so it's, it's been something that for me has been an incredibly difficult thing to navigate and I see myself as someone that does have a very broad definition of friendship and that still considers people that I haven't seen in 10 years my friend because I would never mm-hmm. call them anything else. But I know that for some people that's just not true and friendship is an active choice and it's something where I only have the right to call you my friend if I'm actually being a friend and in your life on a more regular basis. Mm. Yeah, I think that is really helpful to even figure out as an individual, what do you think a friend is? Mm. What what do you need? And I always talk about having tiers of friends. Like you've mm-hmm. got your first level of friends that are your, you know, two or three people that are your go-to people that yeah. um, know You're, most things about I'll call you. I'll you at 2am if I need to. <laughs> Absolutely. And Never call me at 2 <laughs> Yeah, don't call me at 3am, Sam. You can call me anytime, Lindsay. I will pick up the phone and coos. Thank you. Let's try it out. Challenge accepted. No, but I feel like when you're, you can't expect 30 people in your life to be at that top level tier. You know, we don't have the space or the energy or, you know, the emotional um, wherewithal to do that. But Mm. if you think about, you know, so then you got a second tier, people that I engage with often that maybe aren't my heart people um, all the time, but we have similar mm-hmm. values, similar activities. Um, I'm seeing them regularly. And mm-hmm. then I think you kind of have like a third tier of friends where it's people that you think fondly of and you enjoy when you're together, but you're not actively pursuing um, yeah. times to hang out or investment time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think even when I think of like old friends, right? High school friends, for example, if I go home and I do still have, some of my high school friends are still my friends today. Let's say I was to go home to Sydney and kind of hang out with these people, like a bigger group of high school friends from from that time in my life. It would be an amazing experience. We would have so much fun. But the majority of that catch-up would be reminiscing about our former life. Now, if I was to continue to catch up with those people on a weekly basis, I know that a lot of them, that just wouldn't be a nourishing friendship for either one of us because we don't have a lot in common now 
<laughs> as the adults that we are and we can't continue to just reminisce every time we meet about what it was like when we were 14, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it's also knowing that you can have these friendships and there's still friendships but it might not be a friendship that you want to see this person regularly. Like I think to your point around knowing your tears and knowing what it is that you kind of want from Mm -hmm. the different friends that you have in your life and being able to express that if you sense that they have a different expectation. I think sometimes a lot of this is natural and I know my high school friends aren't going to expect me to catch up with them every week because they feel the same. But if there's someone there that is trying to be more a part of my life and, you know, I'm not feeling the same way, then it might be about how do I have a conversation to say, hey, you know, and and you, you can might see not be by the, the way place. I pause it's like it that is a very that is a tricky conversation to navigate mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah I mean how how do you navigate that conversation mm. I think a lot of it is for me when it's been about how do I set boundaries around if I'm sensing that there's a person who maybe really wants to spend a lot of time with me and I'm not feeling the same way. The first thing is I will kind of just be clear about, Hey, yeah, it was great hanging out with you. I would love to meet up again. I, and I would suggest another time further into the future. Like I would be more like, I'm like things are really full at the moment, but I would love to see you. Are you free next month at this time? Again, there's no eloquent way of doing this. I don't feel like there's a right and wrong, but for me, it's I love like, kind of watching you stumble through the Sam. You're I'm like, stumbling. Uh, uh, uh. No, but it's it is true so because it's so tricky. hard. So right. again, I wouldn't be like, "Hey, uh, you clearly love spending time with me all the time, and I don't feel the same way." I would just be like, "Hey, can we hang out? Yeah, in three weeks' time or four weeks' time, rather than tomorrow." You know, and I would right. just say it like my life is really full at the moment, but I do want to spend more time with you, but does this work for you? And hope, like, it's a, it's so hard. I don't know how to do this stuff. I don't know, Sam. I mean, we haven't really scheduled when we're seeing each other again. Like, it's not like three, four weeks time. It'll be like a year's time. What does this, what does that say about our friendship? Oh my gosh. (laughs) But this is the thing as well is if someone keeps trying to, spend more time with me, then absolutely I need to be able to say, hey, I feel like I don't have the capacity in my life right now to be the friend that you need me to be. I feel like we might have different ideas about what's like what we want this friendship to be. And I want to be really upfront that maybe you're needing or wanting a bit more time and attention than I have the capacity to be able to give you right now. And so I don't want to let you down and make you feel like I'm rejecting you. I would love for us to be friends, but I kind of, you know, this is, this is all I can give at the moment. And Mm -hmm. I understand if that's not enough for you, but if it is, then that's awesome. Like, I think. Yeah, this is excellent. Yeah. Excellent boundary setting, obviously, but I think that, you know, we need to back up even before that. And to ask the question, um, if I met this person today, would I choose them as my friend? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we live in a time where you can meet people on the internet. You can meet the pe- you know, people on Instagram. I know people who have become very good friends with people they've met online. 
in kind mm. of random chat groups or whatever. Mm. And so I think that the reality is, is we are just drawn naturally to certain people, people mm-hmm. that spark joy for us, that have aligned interests and values mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. callings or purposes. And I think we do have to be intentional of saying, if I love myself, I'm going to go and be with the people who fill me up, who encourage me to be the most me that I am right now, mm-hmm. that um, inspire me, that give me hope and acceptance. Yeah. And if there are friends in our life who aren't doing that, I do feel the loving thing to do is to maybe limit as much time from them as you would, you know, could. Yeah. And that can feel very cool. I'm a people pleaser, you know, recovering, but mm. that to me is such a hard challenge. Yeah. It's still hard though. I feel like to find these, um, what do we call them? Heart friends or soul friends? Yeah. Because like you were saying, you want friends who inspire you that align with your values and whatnot, but it requires them feeling the same way mm. towards you to mm-hmm. build this friendship. Right. And I, I think for guys, it's even harder to build mm. this kind of friendship somehow uh, for some reason. Mm. And I am one of them. Yeah. I and think I, men have a totally different challenge. Yeah. And I think part of that is that so much of the deep connection that comes from friendship is through that piece of vulnerability and a willingness to be seen. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, culturally, that has been a piece that has been made a lot easier for women because it is more culturally acceptable for us to share how we feel and talk about what's going on in, you know, in our emotional lives. And that is that vulnerability and that piece that leads to the connection and intimacy that men haven't been encouraged now they are being, but in the past to share that side of themselves. Mm hmm. Yeah, I feel like that is a good segue into talking about what if you find yourself in a position where you've identified that your friendships aren't really as loving Mm -hmm. or encouraging or uplifting as you would like them to be? What does it look like going forward, engaging with finding friends who are more aligned to where you're at? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. So I think the way that I have approached it, I've been very lucky in that I think one of the benefits of being someone that has lived in many different countries is that I almost, every time I move, I'm, I'm forced whether I like it or not to seek out new friends and make new friends. So making friends as an adult isn't a strange thing for me simply by the Mm -hmm. nature of the way I live my life. But I know for people that I've worked with and that I've coached, this is like a, they're like, I don't even know how do you make how do you find these friends, like these uplifting, positive, mm-hmm. encouraging people? I think the thing that I would start with is that often, you know, the people that that are those people for us are the people that share our interests, the people mm-hmm. that share our values. And so where do you find these people? Well, I think it's it's in starting to meet up with groups that share the same interests. So I always am telling people, look at meetup.com because there's so many groups on that website. It's international. <laughs> All of our listeners can be not looking sponsored. up meetup. Yeah, I, I mean, we should. Let's hit up meetup.com for a sponsorship because I am giving them a plug here. But essentially it's 
the great thing about that is that there's just so many different meetups going on and they are all based on interests, right? So there's people mm-hmm. meeting up to talk about photography or to speak French or to go on a hike. And of course, these are interests. They Sometimes they're somewhat superficial. It doesn't mean that because two people like taking photos, they're going to hit it off and be a, you know, a heart friend. But I think it's a good starting point is if mm-hmm. there is an interest or an activity that lights you up, that makes you come alive, there's something in that. And so by right. spending time doing something where you feel great, you feel connected to who you are, you feel lit up, you feel joyful, hopefully you are also going to be with people who feel the same way in the same experience. And, and then that does, it's the basis of a great connection, you know? And, yep. and when you look at how we met and why that connection is so strong, is like, well, yeah, we are, we met at a at Camp Good Life Project, so we all know that we share the values of that community, which is very much based on intentional living, on knowing who you are, on living a good life as designed and defined by you. So just being at that camp, we knew that everybody there, that was the basis for which they were there, you know, that they believed yeah. in let's live a good life and let's figure out what that means and let's be respectful of all people and all stories and inclusive and all of the things that that community stands for. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, there's like, you know, already that kind of metric and that bar is set. So I think this is where traveling and, you know, if you meet people whilst you're traveling and sharing an experience like that, again, that can be a really I have incredible friends that I met, for example, on a surf and yoga retreat. And that's an example of what I'm talking about. I wanted to learn to surf. I wanted to do yoga. I wanted to travel. So I'm meeting people that also want to surf and therefore love the ocean, want to do yoga, into their well-being, their health, and they like traveling. And so, of course, we hit it off, you know. So Mm -hmm. it's that type of thing I think that people need to be looking for is how would I want to spend my time and I'm going to find groups that are doing this and show up there. Yep. I had a moment a few years ago where I started to think about, um, you know, I'm a mom, I work, I have a family. Um, I don't have actually a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. And I started to think about which of my friends do I feel like, oh, I just wish I could spend every waking moment with them. They light me up so much. Mm. And also, so prioritizing them as opposed to um, collecting new friends. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit extroverted and I love to meet new people, which I know (laughs) is not for everyone. But I also had a moment of saying, um, if I run into someone and I have a moment of like, oh, I dig this person. I'm super into them right off the bat Mm -hmm. to jump on that and to be the weirdo that says, hey, you are really cool. Could we grab coffee sometime? And I did that a couple of years ago with this woman. She was quite a bit younger than me. And we ended up grabbing lunch together. And I kept thinking like, oh, my life is so busy. I don't actually have time for new friendships, but mm. I'm just really drawn to this person. Mm. And I felt like we had a great lunch. Um, I said, like, give me your life story in two minutes as kind of a <laughs> jumping off point. And <laughs> We ended up laughing and having a really great time and I count her as a good friend. And it was just an interesting thing of saying, when you follow joy, when you are being self-loving and saying, I deserve to have people around me who um, enjoy me 
uh-huh. who connect with me, who like me. Uh-huh. You know, I think a lot of times we make friends at work who kind of tolerate us and, you know, or um, they like us, but, you know, we're not hard connected. Uh-huh. And we end up spending a lot of time with people like that. And instead, I think for me, loving myself has looked like identifying who lights me up, what are their characteristics. And as I'm, you know, growing my friend circle always, how do I engage with people who do instantly kind of light me up? Yeah. And I think this is one of the the beautiful and hard pieces of building your self-love is that if you are someone that didn't have a lot of self-love, you may have been spending your time with people that did bring you down or were critical of you or drained your energy or expected yep. a lot of you because you didn't feel, you didn't even think you deserved any better than that. And you right. certainly, you know, you just kind of accepted behavior that that should not be accepted, but that we do accept all mm-hmm. of the time when we're lacking self-love. And then as you build your self-love, maybe it can be a bit of an eye-opener, like, oh, gosh, actually, uh, it's not that, yeah, that connection isn't really yeah. lighting me up. It's not sparking joy. So I think this is the consequence of building more self-love is that we do kind of realize some of the people that we've spent time with aren't the ones that we need to be spending time with anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's just totally natural. And yeah, if we can, to your point, Lindsay, like look at, oh, who, what are the characteristics of these people that do spark joy for me? What are they like? And how can I make sure that I'm prioritizing those people? It doesn't mean I have to dump all of the other ones, but if I only have a finite amount of time and energy, how can I give my best time and energy to these people that are super important to me and give, you know, what I can to, to others. I think that's how we kind of encapsulate it all is if you loved yourself, what would you do with your free time? If you Mm -hmm. loved yourself, who would you spend time with? Mm -hmm. If you had, you know, wanted to identify my best day looks like this, who are the people in that picture? Mm -hmm. And to really, um, Notice that you have so many choices around that. You get to choose how you spend your time, mm. mostly. What <laughs> <laughs> sort of work and family like obligations and parenting? <laughs> I know, right? But I do feel like you know, um, thinking about how do I prioritize what if I have a little time? What little time I do have towards the people who I feel like make me feel alive? Yeah, and chase that buzz, you know? Yeah. Because I think part of the massive, for me anyway, friendship, one of the elements that I'm looking for is reciprocity, right? So I, yes, this is someone that I want to be with and give my time to and, but also they hold space for me. They give time to me. And so I think Mm -hmm. any of the friendships that you may notice is maybe a bit one-sided where you're give, 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 giving, and they're take, 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 taking, that's a, a clue to, ooh, maybe this isn't really friendship. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that can be, a again, another difficult conversation to have, but maybe a loving one to say, look, I, I feel like um, the majority of the time we spent together, you know, we're, we're always talking about this, and I feel like there's not a lot of time and space for me in this relationship. Because sometimes people just need a bit of a like a bit of a wake up call, and the ones that are really loving and do love you as a friend will absolutely hear that and be like, "Oh my goodness, I didn't even realize I was doing that." Because sometimes it's just mm-hmm. habits we've set up where 
we have certain in like certain people we have a standard of behavior and a way of interacting and it may have always been that way and this person does not realize that they are you know dominating that that conversation and so if they're a true friend they're going to be so willing to hear that and they're going to be open to changing their behavior and giving back a bit and if they're completely offended and defensive and like what the hell then again that conversation could be the perfect (laughs) conversation because then they might dump you as a friend and you're out of it (laughs) oh my word (laughs) yeah yeah I think that I would want our listeners to know that you all we all deserve to have amazing loving friends Mm -hmm. and having amazing loving friends changes your life Mm -hmm. in powerful ways and so how do we embrace that, own that, create that space for those friendships to grow? Yeah. What I want our listeners to get out of this is that to realize that everyone has very, a very different friendship needs. I know, you know, having been married to Lindsay for a while, Lindsay loves having a lot of friendships. <laughs> Is that me, all I am to you? Just one more notch on your belt. <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> I do have my um, she has her emotional one night stands that I call them. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, thank God I wasn't an emotional one night stand. Two years later, people. Two years later. That you know of. <laughs> I know. It's a very long I night. It's a 770 day night. <laughs> you know? No, I love meeting new people and going deep really quick. Mm. And um, sometimes I get to be in trouble. <laughs> and other times I get to just have a really deep conversation and walk away. <laughs> I'm talking like strangers on the plane or something. I'm not talking. <laughs> I, breaking friendship hearts left right and center stop it stop it i'm gonna have a new show breaking friendship (laughs) no but i was saying that for me my need is different i need very few friends and i think that if i go into the route of comparing needs then i might feel really bad that oh is there something wrong with me why don't Why can't I make more friends? Why don't I need more friends? Um, But just truly knowing who you are and what what you need, you know, in terms of friends, friends that you want to invest your time in, that's really important. Yeah, I feel like you just went on a trip with one of your best friends for the weekend, and you both are pretty similar in that um, you have a really deep friendship together and you prioritize each other went on this trip and that was beautiful for you it was fantastic (laughs) we should we should dedicate this episode to what what, what's the lucky guy's name goose this one goes out to josh josh cody (laughs) i love it but no but i feel like that was such like a healthy male friendship move that i think a lot of people don't necessarily take and um you know you had to make a lot of sacrifices to make it happen and thank you Lindsay. <laughs> i'm fishing for that <laughs> no but i think um that's a different need than i would have 
and yet you kind of went for it and it filled your love bucket up so much. And my belly. <laughs> yeah, they went on a food tour of LA. Oh my goodness. I love yeah. it. I think what I would like our listeners to know or what I would want to kind of leave with is one of my favorite books of all time, which might sound a bit morbid, is The Top Five Regrets for the Dying. And for those of you that are not familiar with these regrets, the fourth regret is that I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And I think that's so powerful that one of the biggest regrets, you know, of people when they're on their deathbed is that they didn't keep in touch with the friends that mattered most to them. But I heard the author talk about this recently, Ronnie Ware, and she was saying that this book was written in a slightly different time in that, you know, the internet and the way social media exists today didn't exist at that time. So a lot of these people had lost touch with their friends, didn't know how to find them and were literally dying and couldn't reach these people that were really important to them. And the point I would like to kind of make on that is I think one of the things in modern day is that we can sometimes give our kid ourselves and have a false impression that we are connected to all of these different people because we're seeing what they're doing on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. And so we feel like we're in touch, but actually there is nothing that can replace offline real world connection. And so I think what I kind of want to leave people to think about and reflect on is who are those friends that you really do want to stay in touch with and be connected to who are really important to you. And if you haven't actually seen some of those people in real life or called them and heard their voice because you've been keeping in touch just via text or online, then maybe it would be really helpful just to reach out in the next week or, you know, in the next month and say, hey, your friendship is really important and I realise that we haven't connected in real life for a while. So can we do that? Because I think sometimes we are living in the most connected world and it is at the same time the most disconnected because we're not making enough effort to spend real in real life people offline time with people agreed (laughs) (laughs) i mean our relationship exists entirely through podcasting and whatsapp right now guys (laughs) take me tomorrow sam (laughs) (laughs) come to thailand come to thailand You know, though, we make a lot of time for each other, though, to use technology to further our friendship. We make plans to see each other in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like it really goes back to knowing yourself, being intentional about who you want to be and who you want to spend time with and following that, following that path, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well. I think that's a good place to kind of wrap this episode. So thank you everyone for listening and to leave you with a final question, which is just a slight variation of another question we've asked you is if you really loved yourself, who would you choose to spend your time with? Thank you for listening to this episode. 
Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.